in Chicago, where the fires serve cold, but the wolves and the hawks never shiver in the snow. The bulls keep it running, the Sox run the south, the Cubs run the north, but the Bears run the house. True Chicago sports fans got their ears to the street. Any team make a move and they never skip a beat. And in this house, this is where we be. Welcome to the show with E-Rock and Big Z. Welcome, 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 welcome to Chicago from the True Chicago Sports Fan Cave. This is the TCSF Podcast with your hosts, E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah. Episode 24 is brought to you by Noir Caesar, Villain Radio Studios, and Grick Clothing Company. That's right. As always, I am Big Z, and I'm here with E-Rock. What up, E? What's going on, Z? Hey, you know, I got a couple surprises for you again. Yeah, brother. We got another action-packed show today. Yes, we do. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today with a victory over the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings. No, 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 no. We don't do that here. We don't do that here. We, you know, Vikings, Vikings. We, we say your name. If I don't say the Chicago White sucks and you see us Cubs, uh, that's how we do. You all know right. what I mean? We got to, let's stay honest here. All right. So the Vikings took up the L today. The, they did take an L. Let, let's, let's, if we're going to talk bad about them, talk about what they did and did not do. And what they did not do today was win against our Chicago Bears. Yeah, Trubisky looked pretty good today, man. He did, man. Yeah. So we, we got that. We're going to talk to our boy, Il Brown. Uh, we're going to break down this uh, Chicago Bears victory today for once. We're going to talk about a couple of losses today, too, though. That is right. So I can't wait to get into the Bear Talks. We're going to give uh, a couple of discussions, a couple of arguments. You know, we don't always, always see eye to eye at this. Yeah, and we got a special guest coming up today. We have Mikey O, Chicago's very own comedian. He's going to talk to us about growing up in Chicago, his uh, Chicago comedy roots and... Uh, and a couple other things that he's got going on. Man, I can't wait to talk to him. But first, this is The Loop, our Chicago sports roundup where we keep you in the loop. This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. Welcome, welcome to Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. So, E, what's going on on the north side of town, brother? There's not a whole ton. I mean, uh, we, we're hearing that uh, the Cubs uh, signed free agent reliever Jonathan Holder. Oh, uh, oh. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> again, this is like Garrett Temple when he joined the Bulls. It's not a, it's not a big name. No, it's not. Uh, a- we're hearing the, cr- the Cubs, quote-unquote, have great plans for Chris Bryant. Um, you know, we're hearing a lot of things about him being moved around. I don't know. I mean, I think— uh, It's a lot of smoke and no fire right now. Big, the big thing is, is that we heard that the Nationals were interested in it. You know, uh, their their coach David Martinez talked about being interested in it, and and and, and then their the GM, GM said no. Mike Rizzo was like, "No, what are you doing? Don't do that." So I think he kind of came in, cleaned it up, says, "Hey, you know, stop basically. Hey, Davey, stop uh, putting our business out there. Well, you don't want to show your hand. No, and then that's exactly right. So the Cubs don't want to show their hand." The Nationals don't, don't no. want to show their hand because if you seem overly eager, then you're going to ask for a lot more than, exactly. than what you're worth. You know what and, I mean? So that and the White Sox already fleeced the Nationals. That, that is true. That <laughs> is true. So I mean, but yeah, you're hearing a lot about uh, uh, what's going on with Chris Bryant. I mean, are they going to keep him? Are they going to move him? I mean, I think there's we have enough time before the beginning of the season to see what's going on with him. But it'll be interesting. I, I, I'd like to see him stay on the north side, but I'm interested in seeing what's going to happen and what they can actually get back for him. To be honest with you, I would love to see Chris Bryant on the north side until yeah. he rides out his career. Now, yeah, if absolutely. you get a if you get a haul, if you get a haul, well, you have to go for it. Then you go for it. You go, you have to take if you feel like number one, if you're at the very least getting what he's worth, you take that immediately because it's very, very, very hard to get what a player is actually worth. If you can get what we got for Adam Eaton, 
sell them <laughs> now. So, so yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff going on there. Um, Scott Boris came out and said uh, that, you know, when you talk about players, uh, when you talk to players about their performance, you just really have a lot to focus on where they're at, what they're doing. Uh, we had a long meeting conversation with Chris and he's working hard. He looks great. He's really preparing to be a Chicago Cub. Of course, blah, he's going to yeah, blah. he's going to sell his this player. He, Bo- Boris is is all going to always going to sit there and gas yes, up his players of no matter what. We that's know how what, you get paid. That's exactly right. And we know what we're seeing. So yes. I mean like I I think as Chicago fans we'd like to see KB, but again, we're also stuck to this romantic idea about like whoever was on our championship team needs to stay here forever. Right. And uh, you know, at some point you've got to let go of those feelings and think what's best for the future of your team. I mean, and, the, and the future of your team Need some young players. You need more depth in the minor league system. They, yeah, they they need they definitely need more depth. But I also don't want to see them get fleeced or or get rid of a player of his caliber. They won't get fleeced, regardless of how you think he is in in MLB right now. Yeah, he's still an important player and he's still a good player. And you don't want to see them let go of him the way they did with uh, Schwarber. I see a sign and trade. That's what I see. I think that's a good idea. That I mean, that way you get more back from because uh, at least you'll have serviceable players are coming back, and then Correct. you can kind of figure it out from there. What, what's going on, on the south side, man? On the south side, ESPN uh, noted that uh, the White Sox will open the baseball season. Se- season, thank schedule, you. Yeah, yeah. The schedule. Yeah, it'll be a Sunday night baseball game, April fourth, with Los Angeles angels and the chicago white sox so it's our turn to open the season yeah you, you've opened a season a couple years so far with the there's, cubs there's and, and and very uh what i want to say earned i want to say <laughs> I, I i was looking for the word <laughs> okay you guys so the, earned it okay the, the, there's a reason why cubs open the season a lot is because people like us i mean people agree and, and here's the thing people also hate nation, us. yeah so people want to see the, hey, the cubs it's like the uh, yankees the that's cubs, exactly exactly right. so what, what's happening Dodgers, right now yep. is that they're giving the white Sox a shot to be get some of that national spotlight get some shine seeing and 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 it's a big it's a big story because you got la Russa there now a lot of embarrassment a lot of embarrassment is getting his shot yeah on uh espn and also one of the best players in MLB is going to get the shine because they don't mm-hmm. get a lot of uh, uh, national spotlight. Yeah, and that's true. And, and so you're going to look at, especially with uh, the way that Trout. Uh, well, you got you got Mike Trout on the uh, on the Angels, but you're yeah. uh, you're, you're also going to see a lot of Abreu. You you're going to hear about all his yes. accolades, yes. all his IBEW bowling uh, trophies, and all this stuff that you mentioned last show. Former bowler, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're going to see a lot of stuff about Abreu, which is well deserved because yes, he was the AL MVP, the Hank Aaron Award winner, so on and so forth, the Gold Glove winner, I think, um, Silver Slugger. So he's got a, he, he's got some awards. So he does bring some star power, and I think what's happening right now is. Whether it's because they brought in Larusa or because Reinsdorf has that type of influence, the hope is that you're sitting there and talking about bringing some star power to that opening day for Sunday Night Baseball. Agreed, and it's and they also rescheduled the Yankees Sox game. Yeah, the, the Field they, of Dreams yeah. back to in, in for August. That I was excited about that. I was excited too. Happened. I wanted to drive out to Iowa. I mean, this is the only reason you want to drive to Iowa. We can do a show trip. Hey. It's the only reason to drive to Iowa. You're not wrong. <laughs> Our producer's smiling. <laughs> I think we'll drive past his alma mater. Uh, yeah, yeah, but he, one rule, he cannot wear a Yankees hat. No, absolutely not. <laughs> cannot wear a Yankees hat. Has anybody ever seen me in a Yankees hat? No, but you're a Cubs fan, so but you're make a sure Cubs you're not fan. a hater. But you're a Cubs fan. But I would never. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on with the West Side, bro? Uh, on the West Side of town, the Bulls finished their shortened preseason with a 2-2 two and two record. Mm-hmm. They look good and they look bad. They came back. Look, they they beat the heck out of OKC in, yes. that, in that third preseason game, and they were 
down by a lot in the fourth preseason game, and then they came back to win. So the the one one name that I <laughs> one name that I forgot that was on OKC from the last playoffs was uh, I think his name is Luke Dort D O T R. One of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. It's hilarious. Luke Dort. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Who is that dork? Yeah, but he he's a he's a strong kid. He looks like a running back out there playing Does basketball he? for the, for OKC. Um, Mike Logic was talking. About, Mike Logic was all in his feelings about this dork guy. But uh, uh, Mike Logic gets in feelings about a lot of players. Every single NBA player. Yeah. Um, so if you think he only loves LeBron, he loves everybody. But both came back. Um, they, the Simi, the 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 kid that they just they just signed. Um, he had a great fourth quarter. I mean, he looked really good out there. I mean, he looked slick. So, I mean, ho- I'm I'm hoping the guy, this is a guy that 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 they can get off of. Uh, no, he got back cut. off the bench. He got cut. They, got a, they they cut him already. They cut him. Good lord, that was quick. <laughs> that was quick. Yeah, the Bulls bench is still an unknown problem, project, puzzle, whatever right. you want to call it. Uh, let's see what else we got. Sadaransky is still away from the team. Devin Dotson still unknown when when and why he isn't back. Valentine and Temple should be back pretty soon. Yeah, Daddy is young, is improving from his leg infection, and then well, we also got the debate between Porter and Williams. So you got yeah. So that that's the big thing is yeah, out of Porter Junior who, who looks decent uh, coming on uh, starting the game, um, and then you got the the rookie Pat Williams. Now yeah. here's here's the thing. OPJ moves the way I do, like a thirty a thirty nine year old <laughs> with arthritis and a, a hip replacement. Okay, it's, it's like, like watching molasses drop. It's terrible, but this guy looks like the best player on the YMCA rec league. Like he's so slow, but he can pop the shot. It's terrible. And then you got Pat Williams comes in, and he looks like he looks like a professional. He looks yeah. like yeah. he's very smooth. He's polished. I mean, he he just like any other rookie that comes into the NBA, it's going to need some some training and, and some. Um, motivation, whatever you want to call to get him up to speed to be a true NBA star. And what was I telling you the other night when we were talking, really talking about the Bulls? When we were talking about who's going to win the East? Oh, yeah, we were talking about the who's going to win the East, and I said the Bulls can be a four or five seed. But you got Miami, you've got mm-hmm. uh, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. you've got Giannis in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. you got Jimmy Jimmy Buckets in, in, Mi- uh, uh, Miami. in Miami, the you got Sixers, Philadelphia, you got and, Sixers, and the Seas, and you got right? Boston. Yeah, you got. Now, now here's the thing: you look at the West. You got Lakers, you got Portland. Jesus, um, it's stacked. You got the Rockets. Yeah, Phoenix. The, the Suns have a, a yeah, decent team, right? But when it really comes down to it, what's going to happen? And, and my prediction for this season is that you're going to sit there and look at another 500 team and and hope and pray that they get up to the 500 because they got to play. They got players in peace. They are in they, have, they have pieces in place. Okay, right. Kobe White doesn't look that comfortable uh, trying to run the court yet. Um, Zach Levine is is immensely talented when it comes to his physical ability, but his his um, his actual like. Basketball IQ is low, in my opinion. Okay, marketing has never been really been developed. Marketing looks lost. Marketing look, yeah, exactly. He it looks it, lost. Just, like you, I, I'm hoping with Billy Donovan, I'm hoping that Billy Donovan can really sit there and boost up this kid and get him to where he needs to be. But really, you if there's at, a if there's a coach out there that's going to fix this team, it's going to be Billy Donovan. One, and he's, that's the hope. he's a player's coach. He will develop these players to do their best that they can. So if anybody's going to develop. Uh, uh, marketing, it's gonna be it's gonna really be not, right. So he, he, here's the thing. So now the 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 big debate is whether you're talking about uh, uh, you're talking about Pat Williams, you're talking about OPJ. Yeah. Now I think what they're what the smart thing to do would be play Porter as a starter, bring in Williams after on, on the uh, on the bench. Kind of but, what they did with with uh, um with, what, what they do with every player. Yeah. 
But here's the main thing, and this is what I will tell you, and this is what I'll tell all our listeners so you can really pay attention to what I'm saying to you. Unless Pat Williams ends up being a superstar, because we're looking at Zach Levine as a 1A, we're looking at Kobe White to see what in the world he can do. The point is, is that unless Pat Williams turns out to be a superstar, we're stuck in limbo and we're just running in quicksand again. Because you're going to end up with a bunch of decent-looking tryhards. You're going you're, you're gonna to end up with, you guys are calling him Luol, Luol Deng Jr. Mm-hmm. Unless Pat Williams turns into a superstar, all this is is another drive to get another mid-round pick. It's not going to do you any good. So you're, here, you're saying you're not here for the dang bang? I, <laughs> I, this, this is what I'm telling you, is that like I will enjoy Bulls basketball for what it's worth, but I don't, uh, unless... Pat Williams at the number one or the number four overall pick in the draft mm-hmm. turns into a superstar. We're just watching the same thing we've watched for the past 20 years since Jordan left. But at the same time, you've got a new coach and he's got to develop mm-hmm. them by giving them minutes. And that's my point. You've got to let them swing, uh, swim in a deep end with all these great NBA players and see what they can do. Because so, if they can't hold their own, guess what? you got to ship them out. So my question to you is this. To start the season, do you start Porter or do you start Williams? You start Porter. Right. You start Porter because he's an established vet, and you're paying him a ton of money. Exactly. Now you just wait till like the fourth game of the season when he's injured for the rest of the year, and yes. then you put in Williams. Exactly. Because my that thought. is what's going to happen. You see a guy like I said, he runs the way I do, and I do not run very well. I'm one of those dudes. Like if you're, if, if I catch you, you're 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 in trouble. But you can run away from me very easily. You're you're like Jason in a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? So, I mean, look, it, we, I, I'm really, really hoping that Pat Williams turns out to be a superstar. I think this is kind of the wait and see year. This is his Jimmy Butler coming out party because that's what happened with Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy we didn't know what we were going to get out of him. Jimmy took about two or three years uh, to develop them. But, but look what he's done. Every single oh, yeah. year Most that definitely. Jimmy Butler has been in the league, he's developed more and more and more, which is a rare case. So you're looking, and that happened at a, like a 29th overall pick. Right. So this is a number four overall pick. Make it count yeah what's going on with northwestern what happened with those boys in purple uh, all right <laughs> we, do we have to talk about all right look so no, we do it was actually a, a good exciting northwestern, game yes northwestern they were it. in the game most of the game northwestern made it to the big 10 championship game and that is the end of the story because we know what happened so anyway uh north northwestern made it to the big 10 championship yes. game um they were they were doing well they were actually up at early in the game um, they were up uh, 7-3 after the first, and they were up 10-6 to after at halftime. Here's the issue. It, it looked like the early Bears where they drove down the field, mm-hmm. got to the 20-yard line, and just stalled. Mm-hmm. Just stalled. Mm-hmm. And couldn't get a field goal, couldn't get a score. Yeah. And get, well, when you're playing the big boys, when you're playing Ohio State, what it, that's not going to be enough. So, no, now, here's the thing. Northwestern had a phenomenal interception to end the first half. Oh, my God. I mean, the kid stuck his arm out there. It looked like... Oh, it looked like um, Odell Beckham, oh, do, Beckham playing right. defense. I yep. mean, it was a great, unbelievable catch, and they were able to go into halftime with the lead. Then when it came out of halftime, they really didn't do much because they didn't score again. Nope. And they were they they gave up uh, too many points. <laughs> they gave up uh, seven in the third quarter and nine in the, in the fourth, and they ended up losing twenty two to ten. It was actually a fun game to watch. It was exciting. It was. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Like, it, here's the it, so it was actually. We, we we could have looked at it one of two ways. We could look at it like, oh, we should be happy to be here, or oh, they're going to get blown out. 
They didn't get blown out. And they didn't get blown out, realistically. You're talking about, I mean, it stayed a tight game, at least through the first half, but it would have seemed like Fitzgerald and his crew did not uh, adjust adjust to what they saw because they, and it's hard to do if you're playing ahead, especially in college football. They, hey, we're doing well. Let's not change anything. We're doing okay. But if they were coming from behind, let's say they were they were down seven to ten, or they were down twenty, you know, twenty one to seventeen, or whatever, twenty one fourteen, whatever it is, they're down. Right now, how do we recover? How do we stop the things that Ohio State is doing well? Well, the problem is that Ohio State was really doing well, anything well in the first half. Uh, Northwestern took care of business, but Ohio State was able to adjust because they have much more experienced coaches. They have a very, very good uh, quarterback who's going to be a a he should be a star in the NFL with Justin Fields. And they had their uh, running back their, with 300 their running yards. back was on fire. Their running back, uh, Trey Sermon, had 331 yards on 29 carries, two touchdowns. He set the all-time record for a running back for a Big Ten championship game. He seemed like a hot knife just running through butter. Absolutely. And, and the thing is, is that I, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I watched a bunch of Ohio State football. Nope. But from what I knew, Master Teague was the guy. And this guy, Trey Sermon, uh, uh, he's a senior. He came out there on fire, and he, and he did the thing, and that was the big key. All right. What about our other team in South Bend? Oh, okay. The Fighting Irish. I think they didn't come out the so. They they put their dukes down. This is yeah. <laughs> that's that's really depressing. This this is this is a tale of two games over here because in the beginning of the season they fought hard against Clemson. They had to, they had the fate they had the face the backup with right no sunshine. Uwe Ungalele, okay, um, DJ Uwe Ungalele. Now I practice that name quite a bit, so don't be clapping over here in the corner. So, um, <laughs> but so they so here's the difference. Sunshine. Clemson, well, Clemson had the advantage of seeing what Notre Dame could bring to the table at their highest strength in the first game. Agreed. Notre Dame did not have that chance because they couldn't. Uh, you they you could saw only the see backup, them on, right? You they see. only saw the backup. So now here's the thing: Notre Dame lost the game, thirty-four to ten. They really didn't. Uh, Clemson just came out on fire. I mean, like going into halftime, you're talking about a twenty-four to, to three lead. Notre Dame was just there. You know. Let's just be honest. They were outclassed. They were outcoached. They, they were outcoached, and at the same time, Clemson was whooping on everybody. Clemson was, and then and they had their, their we they had the number one pick in the, in the NFL draft there. Mm-hmm. Who, exactly. At this, at this current juncture, yes, is going to end up on the Jags because the stupid Jets went ahead and won that game, and they lost their number one overall pick. How appropriate! Oh, that's beautiful. So, so now uh, Trevor Lawrence doesn't have to worry about ending up on the Jets because he can just go over to Jacksonville. But the the point being is that uh, Clemson looked good. Clemson, Dabo Sweeney, and and Trevor Lawrence went out there. They came out there, kicked their butts, and all. Now that everything's all said and done, mm-hmm. we're looking at Notre Dame with the number four overall. Okay. So who are they going to play? They're going to play Alabama. That's going to be another tough game. If they beat Alabama, there is a possibility they play Clemson for a third time for the national championship. So, so does that mean you want to wager? I don't bet money, bro. I ain't got money like that. No, I, I will. I, I will bet you one beer. One beer. Oh yeah, we do a bottle. I mean, you want to do a bottle? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I, it, look, look. I mean, I, I will. I will put my my heart out there. If you're trying to bet, you know, whatever insignif- insignificant amount. I mean, we can do that. I, I have no problem with that. All right. 
Cause, because when it comes down to this, like, I'm going to bet with my heart. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want Notre Dame to do well. I mean, it's been since 1988 <laughs> since they won. I have all the championship glasses up there. They are they are a they I think a history I think the original team drank out of those glasses. I, it's, it, that is fact. <laughs> I actually checked the DNA, and this, these are facts. Lou Holtz Spittle oh, <laughs> is boy. in all those. When he's sucking, he sounds like Sylvester the cat, and he sits. Yeah, all his spit is all over those those glasses. We got I'm surprised you don't have Lou Holtz ashes up there either. Well, he ain't dead yet, so I mean, it'd be kind of hard to get his ashes in <laughs> <laughs> Just just for the record, while we're recording, we're watching the very end of this red zone right here. And Scotty Manson, or I'm sorry, Scotty Hansen. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Scott, what Scott, the hell is he wearing? Scott Hansen looks like he went to the prom in, like, a Lego world or something like that because he's got, like, this this, cra- this crazy suit. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is the wildest thing I've ever seen. He's got the frills up and down his chest. This is wild. All right, two Chicago sports fans, it's time to pay some bills. We'll be right back after a brief word from our sponsor. This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fans Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah. Are you ready for some football? Two weeks in a row, baby. Yeah, it's time for some Bears talk. This is three and out. Boys, another week in the books, another W for the Bears. Ooh, baby. What do we think about this week's offense, boys? Dude, they came out on fire. Uh, you we mean, saw some good things. We, we had a running game. That, look, uh, I mean, we're talking about 146 yards on 32 carries. Did you think that since the Bears had Walter Payton or Neil Anderson, <laughs> <laughs> did you think, Will, did you think we were going to see another uh, re, uh, running back uh, do anything like this since the Bears hate to seem to run the ball? I mean, that's supposed to be how it works in Chicago, so I'm not shocked. Like, Three yards of the cloud of dust football has been our identity for 30 years. Just just based on what Matt, well, I mean, I guess Matt Nagy is technically still the coach of the team, but I mean, based on what if we've seen with him as the head coach, I mean, this is, we, we, oh, can, no, this we is, can say it's not yeah. surprising, but this is surprising. Very surprising. I could, I could 100% tell that he's just, he's, he's down to just motivating guys in the locker room. Bill Lazor is completely hands-on with his offense. Somebody talk to somebody. Well, you, you know what you that mean is. laser? You mean lasers going pew, 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 pew. There we go, <laughs> yes, baby. <sir>. That's <laughs> what it is. All right, guys. So what do you guys think about this week's offense? We had a running game. Mitch looked like he rolled out. He was confident throwing the ball, slinging mm-hmm. it around. Montgomery with a ton of rushing yards. I mean, two touchdowns, 146 yards. Will, what what did we see that, that was different this week, Will? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, Bill Laser. Full hand, hands on. Pew, pew, all pew. The way. pew. Laser sounds like the late, the, effect, the, yeah. Sounds like the Star Wars. <laughs> pew 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 pew. Yes, sir. Actually hitting yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of stormtroopers getting hit this week. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, laser show feel a full effect, man. Uh, uh, I want to I want to point to some stuff on the old line, uh, and this is mm. Bill Laser and uh, Castillo working hand in hand. Uh, yeah, he mm-hmm. moved some guys around. Yeah, yeah. You got a must for a center. You got a. Uh, you got white hair guard. White Cody Whitehair was mauling people today. Mm-hmm. Mauling people today. He's a natural left guard. He was only put at center because uh of course of course waiting for Daniels to come along and things like that. Yeah. But uh yeah, when we get Daniels back and uh you 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 do something with right tackle, 
you got yourself a solid offensive line going forward. This is the fifth week in a row where they had a consistent line of all the same starters. And I think what you're doing is you're starting to show some type of cohesion because now for a few weeks in a row now, we're actually seeing an effective and powerful running game where we spent the entire beginning of the season where they either were scared to run the ball or they could not find the hole. So what it looked like to me was that when Nagy was running the offense, it was a pass-first offense, mm-hmm. and the scheme was for passing as mm-hmm. far as the offensive linemen. So when they ran the game, these guys are like, well, we're just going to stay here, run, you know, maybe take one or two steps to push the line instead of pushing it five, ten yards down right. and making those holes. Now with the laser show, it's like, no, no, we want you to push everybody back. Yeah, yeah. So Nagy wants to run – a lot of spread concepts and spread requires you to be able to read the entire field. Okay. Yeah. And that's not Mitch's strong suit. So what laser did was like, Hey, we're going to implement a little power running with this West coast spread offense and simplifies reads, show them one side of the field, show them a linebacker, show them a safety, show them a corner, as opposed to showing them, you know, the full complement of defenders to read, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, what you're seeing is Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky is able to get to his second progression without even have to having to worry about the whole, whole entire another side of the field. Right. To read. So you're saying that the new offensive or the offensive acting offensive coordinator is actually putting our quarterback in a position to do the things that he does well. Is is that the thing you're telling yeah, me? Yeah, he's doing he's doing what the head coach should have done all along. Mm-hmm. One thing that I do remember from my undergrad, one of my one of my good teachers, what he used to tell me is. How do you eat an elephant? And I would think, and I would think, and I would think. And at the end of the semester, he's like, you eat an elephant one bite at a time. Uh-huh. You can't eat the That's whole right. elephant at, at once. Right. Little by little, you'll get all these pieces, and you'll finish the elephant. So this is what you're doing with Trubisky. But Give him a little piece here, a little piece here, and guess what? You'll put it together. But here, here's the problem that I have right now. Yeah. We got two weeks left, yep. and you still got a half an elephant out there. That's right. Uh, my appetite is not big enough to eat a whole half elephant in, in, in two games. Well, that's very small. I don't ball. have enough time. And what if you would have told me when we were 5-1, and one, hey, you got an elephant to eat. Yes. That's cool. Yeah. That means that I can take a bite every day. Get a little bit better, yes. get a little bit better. But we went on a five. Bite the, we're gonna bite the elephant's rump. And that's what it seems like. Instead of going from whatever direction would have been best, the, for five weeks they sat there eating the back end of the elephant, and we just sat here taking all that crap. Yeah. Well, what's gonna happen is they're gonna play the Packers and they get all those the, the, the yeah. horns, right. the yeah. tusk. Yeah, we're we're gonna get the, the crap that was left over at the end. That too. <laughs> so I mean, so now here's well, here's the thing that that number one frustrates the hell out of me is that I think about the fact that when you're talking about uh, week three, when they they traded out Trubisky for Foles, really what they should have done is after week three, traded out Nagy as a play caller for Bill Lazor. Number one, it left Mitch alone. Number two, now we're at a point where, yeah, we don't want to we don't want to have to rely on other teams to try to sneak our way into playoffs. But now we're looking at at finally our running game is on point. Our passing game is on point. The defense is doing their job. The special teams is doing their job. Our kicking game is on point. Is this too little or too late? Or should really what I'm asking is when we're looking at next year, should we would should we be rooting for them to win out these last two games and try to sneak into the playoffs? Or just say, you idiots, lose out the season and get a better draft pick. 
I mean, at this point, the difference between the draft picks that you're going to get is so, you know, small. It's not like you're going to be able to get uh, guys like uh, Darnell Mooney and, and Cole Komet. So uh, you definitely, you know, want to want to get as many win as, wins as you can. You know what I mean? Right. At this point, the draft picks looks like it's going to be between 13 and 18. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, just that, that's that's not a good enough get, you know what I mean, to be throwing games. No, not at all. Not I mean, you know, who would you who would you who do you think that you focus on in the draft next year? Meaning that okay, position let, or player? Let, let me let me let me dig a little bit deeper here. Yeah. Thinking about going into next year. Yeah. When you're talking about Mitch, Nagy, and Pace, which one of those would you keep? Would you keep all three? Would you get rid? Would you get rid of all three? What would what would be your next move? Uh. This this is going to be an interesting uh, listen for uh, all all of our fans that listen in. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Nagy and Pace can go. You keep Mitch. Ooh we. That's what that's what you do. You you're literally seeing what you have in Mitch Trubisky with just some solid coaching and, and just some small adjustments. These are the small adjustments that they've made to get success out of Mitchell Trubisky. Like just just. Small adjustments in the, the offense is scoring 30. You know what I mean? Like, just simplifying his reads and running the ball, you're scoring 30 points a game. You re- will, will, will the league adjust to that next year, though? The league, because, you know... The league will never be able to adjust to a solid running game and a mobile quarterback. It just won't ever happen. Okay. You know what I mean? Like this, this is the this is the thing that that frustrates me. And we talked about this when we went, we went live after the show. If the Bears won win one more game, okay, one they only need one win here. If the Bears win one more game in three seasons, Matt Nagy has never been uh, never had a losing season as a head coach of the Chicago Bears. That's right. Of course. When we think about what would Ryan Pace has done. You're, the biggest knock on Ryan Pace, no matter what what you think about him, whether he like you know he he's a GM of a a team that wins three Super Bowls, ten Super Bowls, whatever it is, you're, you're the thing you're always going to be stuck on in the back of your head is the fact that he tr- took Trubisky over Watson and he took Trubisky over Mahomes. You you can't erase that. Like I said before, you can't put the milk back in the bottle. But overall, yeah, you had some bust. You have Kevin White that didn't look good. Okay, right. you had Leonard Floyd that had uh, looked well or looked really good in his rookie season. Then he failed, and he went over to the Rams, and now he's doing better. But you also drafted Roquan Smith. You drafted um, Tariq Cohen. You, you, yeah, you got Tariq Cohen, who would be phenomenal in what oh, they're doing man. right now. Right. We're, we're just talking about right that. Now. Um, we're looking at the fact that they got rid of Jordan Howard, who is not a player in the NFL, obviously, because he's on a practice squad. But Montgomery's and, way better. And they brought in Montgomery. Okay. Um, you look at the fact that they he traded for Allen Robinson. He brought in Khalil Mack. Um, he's, he's, he brought in Mooney. Okay. You got Eddie Jackson. Yes. You gave Kyle Fuller his extension. Overall, a lot of the things that he's done have helped this team be successful. He, he, he drafted Roquan Smith, if I didn't mention him yet. You're right. So he's he's actually put a lot of pieces in place to help this team become successful. But the biggest knock is always going to be the fact that he took Mitch over the other two guys who we know, you know, we're looking at Mahomes and we know we're, we're watching a Hall of Famer play. So is that big black mark going to be so bad that we just say, because when I think about Nagy and Pace and Mitch, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, they're essentially at the same point of their career 
whether it's being a GM, a head coach, or a quarterback. They're essentially the same guy. So when we finally see them swinging on the right path, because I think Nagy, as a coach and a motivator, as, so, as long as he understands that he does need to delegate when he does need to delegate, he can be a good head coach overall. I think all three of these guys are kind of in the same point of their career where they're like, man, they just I just need to get over the top of that hill. I'm... I'm struggling with the with the thought of bringing them all three back next year because I really want to see what could happen with all three of them and that defense because I don't want to waste the defense. But all three of them with laser at the helm when you're talking about taking control of the offense. Uh, it's, it's just a few things. Like, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing them run it back uh, with adding some necessary pieces that uh, to, to fill some gaps. Uh, as long as they know going forward that uh, you're gonna let Bill Lazor, de- you know, help help in Mitch's mm-hmm. development a lot more, uh, because I, I think that's that's a huge thing too. Like they put uh, Mitch Trubisky directly in Matt Nagy's hands, mm-hmm. and it worked when you got Mahomes because he was able to be completely hands on with a guy who wasn't you know expected to come in and start right away, but. Mitch Trubisky was given the keys right away. Hey, take this kid and make him, you know, a stud, and he's inexperienced, right. and you're inexperienced, and we don't have the same, you know, guys with the same skill set and weapons. So, well, and, and again, look at who, look at who Pat Mahomes had to watch and had mentoring him and right. guiding him. Right. Yeah, Alex Smith running the show, and then you had him being mentored by Alex Smith. And Andy Reid mm-hmm. and that entire coaching staff. Yeah, the if you look at Andy Reid's coaching staff, right, you're right, and you look at Andy Reid's coaching uh, tree, it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And and I think Matt Nagy has already proven to us whether he's in the locker room right now with his club dub, even though they're in Minnesota. Yep, they're getting the, the cold club dub, and um, and they can be dancing and put up the disco balls and 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 do whatever they want. But I think Matt Nagy has proven to us that he does not want Trubisky, and that's. Tough. Too bad. Too bad to say. You got to deal with what you're given. Exactly. It is your job as a head coach to put your player in a position to win, and Matt Nagy did not do that as an offensive coordinator. And what he did in the meantime is he wasted five, six, seven weeks of our time when that's – and that's the thing that I keep harping back on Mm -hmm. is because if they would have stayed with Mitch – and just switched out the offensive coordinator, we would have been in a much better position. And then I don't have to be sitting here worrying about if the Eagles are going to beat the damn Cardinals to see if we can sneak into the playoffs. It was just so many mishaps, man, because first of all, you, you throw Nick Foles into a situation where the offensive line is in complete shambles. He mm-hmm. can't move. That was bound to fail, even though Nick Foles can run the offense. You have to surround that. Nick Nick Foles is a, is a perfect storm type of a quarterback. You mm-hmm. have to have an exceptional offensive line and good skill position players for that guy to be successful. If you don't have that, he's you're going to see what you get. Uh, right. He does know the offense, but that's the only thing he can offer. He knows the offense. Knowing the offense and executing is two different things. And with, with Mitchell Trubisky is just unfortunate because, like, Matt Nagy already made his mind up that he wasn't even going to try to do it. was almost sabotage, if yeah. you ask me. He, didn't want, he, it, he did not seem to want to develop uh, And Mitch it cost us three no. wins. It cost us three wins. Exactly. Uh, well, oh, it, yeah. I mean, I think it cost more than that because, I mean, you're talking about a, what they went on a five-game slide. 
five games, six, six game slide. Six game slide. I, we you at know, least go five hundred with Mitch there. You know what I mean? Exactly. exactly. That exactly, and, and that puts us in the playoffs. Oh, no right. question. You you challenging right. for the division at that point? So right. All right. It's just unfortunate, man. Like he made his mind up, and you know we could we could rewind. We got receipts on ourselves. Like we didn't like yeah. it when he no, he yanked. Not at all. <laughs> he pulled. Hey, you just take that L. If and, and then you go back and fix it. And then you go back and work on what this kid can do, and you you, you grow in that direction. They just complete in order to like coddle Nagy, it seemed. Yeah. Hey, you know well, what? Again, let's, it, let's not, again, let's not it, do anything. It all, it all came down. It all came down to projects. Yeah, it's I, like, I, let's I think, not help I, the I think they proved it to and us. Let's help the coach. And yeah, I, yeah, and I mean it, that, and that's where that's where my frustration lays is is not just about the fact that they wasted you know two months trying to figure out what would have worked. But now what do we do? Do we bring them back? Look, so look, right now we have two weeks left. Yep. We're looking at 500 for the first time in a long time. If we win one game. Right. Well, no, we're at 500, we're at 500 right now. We're 7-7. Seven yeah, seven. We still got two games to play. We got to win one more. That's, that's what I'm saying. Because we're not going to win that Packer game. With two games left, we're sitting at 500. Well, okay. so, we'll, what, get, so we're looking at a game where... Both teams scored in every quarter. So, Will, let me yes. let me get your uh, offensive grade this week. Uh, the offense, to me, I would give it an A minus because mm. for some for some reason, uh, we come out in the third quarter and, and get a little too uh, I, I wouldn't say complacent, but we get a little too conservative in third quarter. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like that Minnesota defense, that third quarter, you you could have really really blew that game wide open. Especially the way uh, they were able to hold those guys to a couple of field goals in situations where those drives stalled. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, third quarter would, would have been a really good chance to, you know, put put the foot on those guys' neck. But uh, Yeah, I mean, they went in, they went in a halftime up 20, I, 20 to 10. They And then and then they came out of halftime. Uh, it, it's 20-27. So, I mean, fourth quarter was, uh, even though we saw them score a lot in the beginning of the game, Going into the fourth, we're sitting here like, man, what's going to happen? And they, they, they do have a tendency, especially if they they like to play ahead, and then they take their foot off the gas, and then they kind of let uh, Minnesota sneak back in the game a little bit. Yeah, because what you had going with Mitch was working. Like, just mm-hmm. continue to move the pocket, let them scramble, let them throw. They couldn't stop it, and you know they kind of make themselves one dimensional. It's just that the offensive line and uh. And David Montgomery himself, they just was like, mm-hmm. we're not going to be stopped. <laughs> you know what I mean? But No, Mon- Mon- Monty wasn't messing around yeah. today. Yeah, he, he was on business today. All right, well, what do you think, what are your grades for the defense? Now, they're beginning up a lot of points lately, though. You know what? The well, de- what, do you, what do you grade them? I got a little more to add about that defense, man. The defense, right. gets, a, right. <laughs> defense gets a C for me today. Okay. Ooh, and, like, the, the whole thing about Bears football has been – Man, if we could just get 21 a game, we kill everybody. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, right. now we're giving you 30, 36, 30, you know? And it's like, oh, well, now we can take our foot off the gas and play Ben Don't Break football. Like, no. You guys are supposed to be teeing off and mauling people. We're like, we should be seeing a ton of pass rush, uh, sacks, and turnovers, and we're not getting nothing. We're just getting this, Ben Don't this Break was football. Really- 
This was really a running back game. I mean, Dalvin Cook had 24 carries, 132 yards, and we're looking at David Montgomery, probably one of his best games of his career, 32 carries, 146 yards. I love that. So this was this was a classic black and blue division, knock the hell out of each other, running game type of game. And, and that's where your scoring came from. Dalvin Cook with a touchdown. Um, Montgomery with two touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. I mean, this was just, this was a slobber knocker. <laughs> Called JR. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what, Will, zoom, zoom is zooming again. <laughs> zoom is zooming. Will, what do you, uh, let's get your uh, coaching grades of today's game. All right. Oh. We can hear you. No. Okay, there we go. We're back. We're back. Like, this is yeah. Zoom is going crazy That's this season. Right. Okay. Uh, give, yeah, man. Give us your coaching grade. Uh, uh, for, the, for the coach, you know, I, I'll go ahead and uh, I will say this before I get to my coaching grade real quick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tackling is horrible in the NFL nowadays, man. Like, that's yeah. why, oh, I hate it. That's why these these games where you got running backs combining for 55-plus carries are still 30-point games because nobody can tackle. Like, like, come on, man. Those games are supposed to be like 16, 13 or something like that. But nobody can tackle I mean, anymore. That's why. Half of it, half of it is these guys getting, they're scared of any helmet to helmet contact, any penalties they're, they're going to get. Because, I mean, like, a lot of times now, like, you 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 hit a guy with a strong wind and, he, and they're, oh, there's 15 yards and this and that. And but then the guys, whole squad is staring at this one dude. These guys are not wrapping up. They're going, they're, they're, not they're trying up. to do, shoulder, they're, they're doing that no, shoulder I, tackle. Yep. They're going, I'm going to use my shoulder to knock him down. Yep. That that doesn't work with a good running back. Yeah. Gonna, you're going to get muffed. Yeah, yeah, they, you're going to get either stiff arm, you're going you're gonna to get ran through, like, uh, I feel like the shoulder tackle leads to more hit, hit, helmet to helmet hits. Honestly, exactly. Yeah. Whereas you know, come you know, fire like the way I was taught, fire from your hips, use your arms, drive through. You know, see see a target. But yeah, these guys are just doing this shoulder lunge stuff, and this a good running back is going embarrass you doing that stuff, man. You saw that exactly. all day on both sides. There's not a ton of good running backs left in the NFL, though. There's really not because uh, most teams don't. And they don't value that running back the way that, no, that they, they used to. They do that running back by committee now. Most most yeah, teams really do. Backs, I mean, yeah. there's very there's very few like straight up good runners yeah. left in the NFL. Well, you got Elliott, you got Saquon, right? But I mean, like, sit there and name me a list of like, oh my God, I have to have no, that guy. It no. doesn't exist. Even yeah. Alvin Kamara, yeah. one of the best assets that he has, is he can catch the ball. Right. You know, Derrick, so I mean, like, you're Henry, not getting this dude. Derrick Henry, that's yeah, the guy. That's your guy, right? That dude but is. even him, he's not. He's not the typical guy. You look at Elliott, and I would. I think the perfect examples are Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley are the two. Like, oh my God, these are the greatest running backs of this generation, or whatever it is. Versus like, you know, David Montgomery and even Leonard Fournette, who looked like he was going to be a world beater, and then and just kind of fizzled out the way that that we expected him to go. So I mean, it, it's tough. It's even tough even to see two backs, teams man. run that great, it's awesome. Indeed, man. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, you know, they they devalued the position, man. So you know, guys started started putting the emphasis on, on versatility instead of fundamentals at the position. You know, vision, patience, ball security. You know what I mean? They want they want to do a bunch of things. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, they want to line up in a the slot. They want to catch passes out the backfield, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. So Yeah, they want they yeah, want to be featured like you know, the wide receivers. Yeah. Man, that's, that's just where we're at in the evolution of the game they're, with they're, all this, all this they're, spread they're, offense. But, they're uh, trying to find yeah, where they cool. can shine. Indeed. 
Yeah. All right, let's punt it over to the next week. What is your prediction against the Jacksonville Jaguars? Uh, the Bears got to have it. Bears are going to come out and, and just dominate. Uh, they should probably win that game. Uh, I'll go ahead and say like uh, 27 to 10. They, Jacksonville won't be able to do much against against a very salty Bears defense that has to have it. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I fully expect the Bears to go out and handle business. I expect another big game out of Montgomery as well. The Bears are not, or the, the Jags are not a good team, point blank. Z yeah. kept trying to argue with me. Well, they played tight against the Steelers, and they played. They're yeah. a garbage team. And 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 when they played the Steelers, and when they played the Packers much earlier in the season, right. They're playing with more pride now. They're playing. They're playing to get home and and get their bags packed so they can go hang on the behind. At this point <laughs> in the season, they got two games left. They're, yeah, they're, they you might be I mean? walking through this game. Yeah, right. they're they're trying to they're trying to get. They're just trying to get to the point where they can pack a bag without twisting up a knee and go pick us pick up some girls on the beach because that's all that's all they got left to do in Jacksonville. They have nothing left to play it for. Oh, yeah, they, they ready to go fishing, man. It's over for those yeah, absolutely. guys. absolutely. Absolutely. That that should be it for them. And All right, so you said, what was the score again? Uh, uh, 2017 Bears. with not enough. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> awesome. 2017 Bears, man. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with that. I, I, mean, I like it a lot. Even, even looking ahead, man, I, you know, although you shouldn't do that, uh, I think the Packers may even sit some guys against the Bears. And, See, I can't. I, and, uh, I refuse you know, to do that 17. because I – it's, we can't. We can't do that. I, I refuse to do that because as soon as I do that, I, I think here comes possible, the stupid man. Jaguars, <laughs> and here comes the stupid Jaguars playing hard against the Bears, and we're just sitting here like, right? Because the Jets won today. The, yeah, the Jets beat the Rams. Yeah, like you just never know in the NFL, man. <laughs> the the, stu the stupid Jets beat the Rams, and now the Jags, and it's, and, and now yes. you think about what's going to happen with the Jags. Now the Jags have the, have the shot at getting uh, the Trevor number one Lawrence. Pick, right. So the Jags are going after Trevor Lawrence. There's no way they're going to try to win that game. They, that just got this fell in their lap. They're, there's no way they're going to try to win. <laughs> All right, everybody. That's our Bears analyst, Il Brown. Check him out every week for his Bears expertise. And don't forget to check out his podcast, Beat the Block, available on all major platforms. Thanks, Will. All right, man. Let's uh, call it a week, man. And, uh, <laughs> Zoom is not being friendly to us. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Uh, we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week, man. True Chicago Sports Fans Podcast will return after a brief word from our sponsor. Is the first anime manga company to feature characters of color, bringing a level of flair and authenticity to the genre as a whole. With influences ranging from Japanese manga and animation, Western comics, streetwear, hip-hop, and various forms of cinema, Noir has created a unique style that can be appreciated by the masses. Check out noircesar.com for more information welcome back to true chicago sports fans podcast with e-rock and big z yeah it's that time again e uh oh you know what time it is brother oh baby. it's time for stirring apart oh my goodness but check it out we got a special guest with us today yes we do to join us for our stirring the pot segment and to talk about what he's got got going on and what's going on with some comedy in chicago we have chicago's very own Mikey O. That's right. E, usually you got the jokes, but guess what? I brought in a professional <laughs> oh, man. for our Christmas edition. You brought a ringer? I brought the ringer, brother. Oh, man. That's right. A real comedian, Chicago's own Mikey O. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Tell us what you've been up to as far as like now, because usually all in the comedy scene. Yeah. 
and providing shows and producing shows. How has COVID affected all of this and what are you up to now? Well, you know, obviously it's affected us because of the venues. We went last year, we closed the year with 100 shows. Uh, wow. Our average for a year is about 60 to 70. Last year was a phenomenal year. I'm convinced now more than ever, I'm not a very religious person, but I'm convinced now more than ever that that was God saying, yo, I'm going to give you a lot of work this mm -hmm. year because next year you're not going to have no work. <laughs> but, yeah. Here's a heads up. Yeah. Here's a little heads up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going yeah. to throw you a little bone this year. Next year you, you're going to be uh, hurting. <laughs> but, but, you know, we, um, we, you know, we had an incredible run in New York City the first Puerto Rican producer in New York City to sell out 34 nights. We had an incredible wow. run on the road. We had uh, just a really, really, really good run. And then all of a sudden, uh, the promise of this year was big. You know, we were supposed to be at, uh, at uh, the Kennedy Center, which uh, would have made uh, the first Puerto Rican performance from Chicago, produced show from the Kennedy Center from Chicago, which was a big deal. You know, uh, that got unplugged. New York got unplugged, everything got unplugged, and here we are. Um, so what are we doing now, right? What we're doing now is we're trying to reinvent some things, um, and we've been a little bit successful. I've been able to sell some concepts, uh, some uh, concept-developed stuff to uh, a few sponsors, and it's worked out. We just got okay. a couple of days ago uh, uh, a hit uh, from uh, a sponsor that said, yo, uh, we can't give you what we usually give you, but you do a lot of work in the community. Here's some mm -hmm. money for the community. So do That's some beautiful. stuff for the community. So That's what beautiful. that does, yeah. So what that does, man, is I'm able to call some of these schools with sports programs and say to them, yo, we're going to have your fundraiser and the production side is free. All you guys got to do is slap it together on your end. Well, that's awesome. So, but that, but those are blessings, right? Because that's not yes. the case for everybody. The second thing that happened to us was that by default, Joe's has a 50-seater rooftop. Mm. Yes, it does. And so what happened was we hit the lottery because we literally worked all the way till November 1st. Zero, zero COVID incidents. People were just, you know, I was hard on people. I'm like, yo, yeah. we're yes. trying to feed waiters and waitresses and bus, bus boys and cooks and keep people alive that way. So we did good. My my priority, and, I, and, and my priority, though, really, uh, for me, I understood and understand uh, the effects of this uh, and the effects of this crisis on a mental health level to actors yeah. and comedians and poets and musicians. And a lot of people are struggling with that right now. That's right. That's right. Because it's a really big deal. And if for, if you're you to my creatives, just you, you two guys as well, but to my creatives that are watching, you know, we, um, we, we are creating, even if we're sitting still at a coffee shop, you know, you guys, when you guys aren't live right now, I guarantee you, when you guys are sitting somewhere in your car eating a donut and drinking a Dunkin' Donut, you're thinking of the next show. Yeah, Always. Right. As, soon as, as soon as we finish here, we're, we're already yeah. on the next that's the, Yeah. yeah. This, the, whatever you're doing currently is usually is basically thought of like the thing that already happened because we're already thinking, we've already meetings and things like that. Yes. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Mikey's talking about... Uh, Joe's on Weed Street. That's that's what we're talking about the venue that he he plays at a lot. So they were lucky because they had an outdoor venue, right. so they can actually do some shows. Yeah, we've been there. We've been at Joe's twenty years. Wow. And uh, yeah, and so it was painful, right, to see servers and busboys, especially. Let's just get to the bottom line, especially the kitchen staff, 
Yep. Mm-hmm. That was painful for me, man, because you know what? I, because I, I, they're, I not getting the, they're not getting those stimulus checks. No, man. No, man. And I've been with these people so long that it was, it, was, it really hurt me, man. Cause I was like, yeah. whoa, you know, to hear a guy say that uh, he pays for his insulin in cash and now he yeah. can't. Oh. No, I know. And you know, and, I know. And, and that's the thing is that when, when it comes to like my own personal standpoint, I mean, like, yeah, I, I'm not by blood Latino, but when I think about it, I mean, like, just looking at me and where I grew up and all of my friends, I mean, our, our producer is Puerto Rican. My podcast partner is half Mexican and Puerto Rican. I grew up, we, we literally spent the past three weeks talking about tamales versus pasteles. So, I mean, like, yeah. even though I don't have Puerto Rican blood, I'm a Puerto Rican. I mean, like, you can <laughs> you're, say, you're honorary. I'm a, you're I'm honorary. honorary Puerto Rican. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, honorary. But when I think about that, is that, you know, sometimes you do have a stigma between. Puerto Rican people and Mexican people in Ecuador and things like that. Yep. And I and I think as a people we have to consider, hey, your your kitchen staff is is the same as you. You just caught a couple different breaks. Yes. Your father came at a different time. You know what I mean? Your father get got a couple more grades of education and he was able to put you in a different position. So these people that are working back there, you got to take consideration for them too, regardless of where you come from. Exactly. That's right, man. That's exactly right. And you know what, man? You know the beauty of this is this is happening the, the sadness and the beauty of it is that it is happening to all of us. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and, and we would hope, we would hope that we are going to just in going into 2021 where I hope that what we're going to do is look back on this and be like, that was rough, man. Let's, uh, let's move along now. Let's, let's, you know, let's be, well, let's be. I, I, th- I think the hope is that you'll be able to come out of this year and, and, and be come stronger yes. as you go. Yeah. Uh, so you go, I mean, the biggest thing is like, you know, everybody goes through tough times, and tough mm-hmm. times don't last. But, and we don't, people last. But no, there's tough never really last. been a time where, as a culture, as a society, as a planet, as a, as a, country, as a species, yeah, yeah, exactly. oh, yeah, we definitely. have not gone through this thing together. No. At least our generation. The not last time we had something this crazy was in the 1920s. So we took a hundred year break yes. from the Spanish flu, and now we got this thing. And you got half the people saying it's fake, half the people saying, you know, I think the oh, people a hundred years ago were a little bit smart, smarter because everybody's wearing masks. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. And, and, so, so, yeah. so, Mikey, before we really go into like what you have upcoming next year, l- tell us about like how you got started and, and where your uh, where your love for comedy came from. Yeah, man. So, you know, I've been a aside fan from of, Freddie Prince. Yeah, yeah, Freddie Prince. So that album changed my life. You know, Freddie Prince. For those of you who are watching, uh, especially the Latino brothers and sisters, uh, and 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 those of you who are fans of comedy, uh, you know, he was the very first. You understand when you watch late night now when a comedian does his stuff. Then he's allowed right. to sit in the chair. Mm-hmm. You're only allowed to sit in the, the chair the, the, if, if the you Johnny were good Carson, yes. if, if Johnny called you over, then you were something. <laughs> yeah, exactly that's right. But, yeah. but Freddie Prince was the very first person he called over. And that mm. conversation between him and Freddie got such high ratings that the producers were like, yo, do that again next week. Mm. He was the first one. He was also the first Puerto Rican to perform comedy in the White House. Jimmy Carter's wow. inauguration. Right. So a lot of first, the first, the first, I mean, not, and, and actually, you know, the whole thing with Johnny Carson, he was just the first comedian period. It had nothing to do with him being Puerto Rican. So, mm. you know, growing up with that and, um, and, and growing up with Sanford and son, all in the family, Chico and the man, uh, mm-hmm. Hogan's <laughs> heroes, Gilligan's Island, you know, Definitely. those were, you know, those were all shows that, you know, growing up, I was like glued to. And, and I, you know, I try to recreate that in, um, you know, uh, um, uh, just try to recreate that as, as far as, you know, try to hold on mind. to that spirit as you keep going. Yeah. And yeah. getting slapped around the house by my sisters for, you know, 
calling my sisters, you know, remember that uh, Fred Sanford would be like, uh, you know. Big dummy. Uh, uh, yeah, big dummy. <laughs> big dummy. And, you know, right. uh, and uh, Esther, you so ugly. Remember the you so uglies with Aunt oh, Esther? Oh, my God. Those are amazing. And, uh, but again, you know, what happens, right? Um, um, I loved when he picked on, on Julio the Puerto Rican. I love that. You know, because I kind of felt identity to that. I mean, I'm hearing my people on TV. It was a weird place to hear them, but I could hear right. my people on TV. So, so what happens is I always was the guy in school that was trying to be like in the drama, in the play, in the in the in the auditorium performance, whatever. You know, I was in the color guard. I was the bass drummer in the color guard, and um, and then uh, you know. Uh, school came about and I always, again, you know, just try to find my place in that. But there wasn't, even in school back then, there wasn't a, an opportunity for me to really, because it looked like I was a troublemaker more than I was a guy trying to do, you know, comedy. You know what I'm saying to you? So, um, like the class clown. Yeah. yeah and the thing is, I, I get that. Class I get clown. that because as I've been teaching for almost, almost 11 years and you get those class clowns. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I was in your shoes at one point disrupting class, but mm -hmm. it was, you're getting attention because the attention of laughter mm -hmm. is it so feels, addictive. It, it feels oh. good. It's it such good. a rush. Exactly. Oh, wait, so exactly. Who, Give me more. Let me, let me ask you a question though. Like uh, of, of aside from pretty free, who are your favorite comedians from back in the day or like growing up? Oh, uh, I mean, brilliant writers, uh, you know, I mean, um, you've got, uh, uh, I'm sorry, um, uh, it escapes me really quick here. Dangerfield, <laughs> Dangerfield. Right. Right. Dangerfield, yeah, so yes. You know, yeah. George Carlin. Yes. Um, um, I mean, and if we go, and if we go back, you've got Red Skelton. I was always, mm -hmm. always been a fan of that slapstick, vaudevillian style comedy. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. You, no, I and, saw, and that's the thing is that you know, know, I know saw all these cold guys. outside. Yeah. I saw two uh, hydrants fighting over a dog, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know? I mean, as silly as that, as, as silly as that it's just, is. It's just smart writing. It is very yeah. smart writing. I mean, and I'm a big, I'm personally, I'm a big comedy guy. I'm a big vinyl guy. So I have like, yes. you know, I have Robin Williams. Yeah. I have Gilda Radner, Saturday Night Live. I'm a big Saturday Night Live. You might kid. not have that Robin Williams for much long. And, <laughs> but I mean, I even have like, I, I have going back to like, I have Robert Klein. Yeah, man. I have Lenny Bruce. Yeah. Uh, Carlin. I have Cheech and Chong. Yeah. Oh. Um, and that was, you, you, want, you yeah. want to talk about the Hispanic influence. There you, you know, you yeah. know, there you go right there. Um, I mean, you know, uh, uh, Richard Pryor. I mean, like, I, I mean, I go deep. Jonathan Winters, Lily Tomlin. Yeah, man. Um, I even have, I even have Sammy Davis Jr. does impersonations and and oh, all this stuff. That's so gold. I, I'm, gold. I'm, I'm, I'm deep in that stuff. Uh, so I mean, I, I, you I got appreciate all the it good all. stuff, man. Right there, you know. And I, uh, again, the the, the 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 best the best sketch and skit comedy ever to me, Carol Burnett show. Absolutely. Okay. Wow. I'm with it. Now, now I'm ta I'm talking about the best sketches. All yes. right. And that was a, the, Tim Conway. I mean, this is a great cast. Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. Mikey, not, Mikey, who, who do you like now? Mikey, Mikey, who do you watch now? Who do you think is it's up to that holding that torch? Holding the yeah. torch now. Who's 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 holding yeah. it down right now? For well, you? holding it down. I mean, look. I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan of Bill Burr. I think Bill oh, Burr, okay. yes. Bill Burr yes. and me, I love everything that Bill Burr does. Uh, and uh, 
and it's fun, it's kind of funny because you know, like Bill Bill Burr. Uh, if you've it, the best way to understand how much you're going to love and appreciate him is go to a Bill Burr concert. Bill Burr is able to do something that a lot of comedians ain't able to do. And if you go to a Bill Burr concert, mm-hmm. check this out. You're going to see the most diverse audience of people yes. that are being spoken about. Mm-hmm. And nobody well, it, and nobody's complaining. If you, you know, if you go back and listen to a lot of Bill Burr, he taught. I remember there was one where he was talking about he was dating a black girl and he went to Harlem or whatever. it was, And he was like, I got off the train. And I called him from the tra- I called her from the train station like. Uh, are you going to come pick me up? And, and and in the long run, he ended up marrying a black girl. Now, this yeah. is like an Irish redhead, yes. like really pale white guy from Boston. So, I mean, like, he's legit. Yeah, man. No, he's legit. And uh, and his, you know, it's funny because, uh, uh, like, I, I, you know, you know, I crack up to Bill Burr all the time. But one of my, my, my favorite bits about what's happening in the world right now is he sees a dude from his high school days, Right. And, um, mm-hmm. and and this is happening right now all the time. It's all around us. He's a target. He sees a dude from his high school days, and he says he reaches, you know, he, he yells over, hey, Frank, how you doing? I haven't seen you in such a long time. And Frank says, you want to know how I'm doing? I'll tell you how I'm doing. All right, I'll tell you how I'm doing. The economy's bad. <laughs> da, 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 da. And it's so funny because that is, that is like, you know, today, listen to this, man. Today, I said, oh, I, I need to pay these bills. But today, <laughs> today I said to uh, I said to these people at this contest that I was judging, I'm like, yo, man, uh, we need to be cool with who wins and who loses because last year if somebody won something or lost, they'd be like, okay, I lost. But this year we might, you know, we might get beat up or something. You know, people are fired <laughs> up, right? So you know what I'm saying? And and. Um, and um, but but uh, Bill Burr, Bill Burr, secretary entertainer for me hits home. Mm. Uh, I am okay. Uh, um, I, of course, you know Chappelle all the way. Chappelle, uh, yes. Is, is there uh, any young cats that you're really like impressed with with what they're doing right now? Yeah, man. I, there's a kid out of New York City. Well, first of all, locally, Joey Via Gomez is on fire. Okay. Okay. We need to have him on soon. You got to have him on. And Joey is a sports. He knows his sports, but. But he's on fire. Number one. Uh, number two is that uh, he Bill he was he did Bill Burr's show. For nice. me, as a local producer, to see one of the guys from my show work with somebody I love and admire like Bill Burr was mm-hmm. a really big uh, accomplishment. Although I didn't do nothing but turn the TV on, you know, because <laughs> I kind of felt like uh, I'm glad that 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 marriage. It's like when you see two good people married. You're like, yo, yeah, man, yeah. I'm glad that that happened. You're, you're, uh, yeah, you look down Abby Sanchez, them. Yeah, and Abby Sanchez last week just won the HBO Latino stand-up. He's from Chicago. Wow. Uh, nice. Yeah. But, I, you know, there's a kid out of, out of Los Angeles that when next time I book him here, uh, when I book him here, I'll invite you guys out. His name is Cooch. Um, and, uh, and And he happens to be a DJ, so his stand-up comedy name is DJ Cooch. You probably never heard of him. <laughs> yeah. You probably never heard of him, but whenever I book the guy, uh, he sells out. I mean, it's a great uh, name just on basis. Yeah. 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 <laughs> DJ Cooch. And his stuff, man, his stuff is, you know, his stuff is just, is just brilliant because, you know, um, you say you're a teacher. I wanted to tell you this really quick. Uh, yes. At least twice or three times a year, a teacher will reach out to me and say, yo, man, do you do comedy workshops? And I'm, yeah, why? I got a kid in my class. I'm like, send him my way. 
And here's here, <laughs> and here's a credit to the teachers. The teachers are usually right. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, you were right. This kid is funny. You know, if you can if you if can they, think on your feet, I mean, it makes a big difference. If if and there's a funny. kid, if there's a kid that can crack me up, and because mm -hmm. like you know, I'm usually like stern mm -hmm. face. I'm yeah. very strict. If a kid can break my smile, mm -hmm. oh, you're gold. <laughs> I don't care whether what you do the rest of the year. You, you're getting a good grade, oh, son. You're, 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 yeah, <laughs> you're getting a C plus the rest of the year. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you're good to me. Guaranteed. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask you one thing, and then we'll we'll, we'll wrap this up pretty soon. Sure. But I wanted to ask you uh, about your experience with La Alavana Madrid. Yeah, man. You're acting, so, acting in that. Yeah, that was my, uh, that was my, that, that, that is something that I'm glad I did. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, at the time that I did it, it was a really emotional time for me. My dad had passed away and okay. I got to play somebody that was my dad's friend. Oh, wow. And uh, so, you know, like it was somebody that my dad looked up to. So my character, Tony Quintana, yes. Yes. was basically... Uh, a he was like you. He was like we are now. He had a radio show. He had a TV show. He had a newspaper, which which would today you know be called a blog, right? Right. He had a record <laughs> shop. So he was like you guys are like we are right now. He was just a guy that wanted to be the voice of the community. And mm -hmm, in right. 19, I got to play that. And um, I I'll always be grateful to the director and the writer. Uh, uh, Sandra Delgado, who was the writer, yes, um, mm -hmm. who's amazing because I got to play, and guess what? I got to play that character. The play takes place in 1966 on Belmont and Sheffield, yes, and it I does. grew up and I grew up on Belmont and Halston. So yep. you know, so, you know, it was it was it was it was it was phenomenal, man. But you know, uh, you think. You think you know how to dance? <laughs> no, those people know how to dance. I, until, I was there. I yeah. watched you. Until I watched they the stick whole thing. It was room. awesome. Yeah. Until they stick you in a room with wonderfully choreographed theater majors. You realize you don't know nothing. And then nope. you're like, yo, man, just give me the small parts, baby. Give me the small parts. <laughs> give me four steps. <laughs> hey, yeah. Yeah. Hey, oh, hey Mikey. I, yeah. Mikey, before we let you go, why don't you tell us what you got going on? Well, right now, man, here's what's happening. We are uh, we are blessed to have received this money a few days ago. So what we did, and I hope you guys uh, uh, that are watching, if you want to help in any way, listening, if you want to help in any way, reach out to me. But what we're going to do is uh, um, one of the things, the first thing I did was I got on the phone with some people. And what I want to do on Inauguration Day, on the actual Inauguration Day, I want to treat, I want to treat 30 dreamers, 30 undocumented students to lunch while we watch the inauguration. Wow. Um, that's, that to that's me amazing. is a that's really deep. big deal. So that is the first thing we're doing. We're doing La Casa Norte's fundraiser on Valentine's. We're doing a, a live show for La Casa Norte. What do they do? They are uh, um, uh, very instrumental in keeping homeless teens off the street, safe and healthy. Oh, wow. And so the beautiful thing about it is, man, is that uh, the blessings have come my way uh, to, for me, for us comedians, for communities. And now that I know that you guys are around, by the way, you guys mm -hmm. are going to have you guys are going to have a very busy 2021. 
Okay. Thank you. Thank because, you. Appreciate no, it. No, yeah, I'm right. telling you. I'm telling you. Now that I know you guys are around, I want to tell you: seventy percent of my shows are sports programs. Beautiful. Beautiful. My, I'm sorry. Seventy percent of my fundraisers are for sports programs. Okay. That's fantastic. So you guys are going to be very busy next year. Uh, Love it. We we no seriously. Uh, we'll talk we, about hey, that later. We, we but, won't argue. We won't argue about no. it. <laughs> yeah. No, because we can't wait. Because one, one of the, I'll, I'll tell you to be honest with with me personally, one of the things when we first started the show, we we were just analyzing what we were seeing, and it was in the middle of a pandemic, so we're just analyzing uh, flashbacks essentially of, of of shows that are games and and teams that we already witnessed. So Correct. as we've gone along. We're, you know, one of the things that we would like to do in the next couple of years is not only focus on like community leaders as far as like what they're doing is, uh, with programs in Chicago mm-hmm. um, and leaders that are helping to uh, mentor young kids so they can develop not only their sports career, but like what they're going to do beyond that, but also talk about some of our favorite teams from the past. So this will be a great thing for us to uh, to, to join up with and in in really deep into. Uh, yeah, we would love to, to come out and, and, and talk to them, especially me being a teacher. I'm so used to that. Um, I've also been athletic director, coach. Mm-hmm. So, like, I know Eddie's yeah, also we, coaches yeah. Uh, yeah. softball for the girls. Mm-hmm. I've coached uh, high school and, and elementary school uh, sports and actually uh, uh, directed them. So I've been on all aspects of sports, so I do not mind being part of the community and helping out. No, not at all. No, and here's the thing. Uh, just so uh, you guys both went to Lane on June 9th. Yes. So June 9th, I am doing the Lane virtual comedy show. Awesome. Uh, I'm, pr- I'm producing that. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm producing that. Uh, Let me know how we can help. I'll be there. Let me tell you guys really quick, if I can. Let me tell you my three Joe's sports stories. You ready? Sure. Now, the comedians all know. The comedians all know that I don't know nothing about sports. They all know that. (laughs) This is our our one and only non-sports segment, people. Yeah. Yeah. They're all over me about it, right? They like, you know, they pick on me about it. But here's what I want you to know. Number one. The night that the Chicago Blackhawks won, the night that they won, that they arrived, that they won, their very first stop was Joe's on Weed. And if that's you right. go to I Mikey saw the YouTube o, video. You saw the YouTube video, right? That's right. So if, you, if you go to Mikey O, uh, uh, Chicago Bulls, you'll see that when the comedian, uh, when, when they come up on stage, I hand the comedian the Stanley Cup, and I whisper in the comedian's ear, don't make me talk. <laughs> because it was my turn to talk. And I'm like, yo, I don't even know these brothers' names. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, right. So that's story number one. Story number two is that uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, 11 okay. players from the Pittsburgh Steelers were stranded in Chicago. And they had okay. a connection to the owner of Joe's. So they were hanging out at Joe's until their next flight was going to leave. Nice. And what are the chances that there is a football player on the Pittsburgh Steelers and his name was Willie Colon? Yes, well, Willie Colon, yeah, the, the Steelers, right. Yeah, so when you're Puerto Rican and you listen to Willie Colon, Willie Colon yeah, is course. a salsero. Salsero, so, right. uh, they, I walk in and they tell me Willie Colon is here, and I'm like, what? Willie Colon is here? And I'm Wrong really guy. walking around looking for Willie Colon, and I see this table with these massive, you know, athletes. And I'm like, and they're like, no, you dummy, Willie Colon from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> so I introduce him to the audience, and the audience goes nuts, right? Of course. Yeah, of nuts. course. Nuts. Uh, and then the third story is, is that somebody comes up to me and whispers, yo, man, uh, 
place is packed, 300 people, you know, typical night, one of the bigger shows. And somebody says, yo, man, when you get a moment, send Frank Thomas a shout out. Whoa. So I'm like, all right, you got it. So what do I do? I go, uh, this is birthday. So what do I do? And a huge shout out, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to Frank Thomas. Happy birthday, Frank Thomas. All right, let's get this show going. And then I thought to myself <laughs> at that moment, you dumb ass. <laughs> it's Frank Thomas, the baseball player. I thought it the was just some random baby. Frank Thomas. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And and oh and, they, and it was yeah, it was crazy. So anyway. All right, Mikey. Uh, we're gonna let you go. Thank you for your time. Where can they? Uh, where can our fans reach you on social media? Yeah, um, I'm on Instagram, Mikey O Show, M I K E Y O Show on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, Mikey O Show, Michael Kendo. Uh, awesome. And um, you know, uh, follow me, and um, you know, uh, love to hear from you. Love to see you in the audience in the near future. I want to thank you guys both. I want to tell you no, how proud you. I am. Absolutely, brother. How proud thank I am so to much. see you both behind those microphones. I wish you all the best. Thank hey, listen, you, we, we really appreciate you taking up the time. We we absolutely love having Chicago people. Yes. Last week we have Gabe from B96, who we actually went to high school with. Right. So when we're talking about not only people that are in our own community, people that are, are stars within our community, Latino people that can come on and tell us about their story and tell us about their influences, we appreciate you know you coming on and taking time out of your schedule to come out and just talk to a couple of knuckleheads over here. I That's appreciate right. you guys, man. God bless. Thank you. Right, and keep doing those food reviews because I, I need new places to go, man. Uh, absolutely, man. <laughs> well, this is what I'm saying, man. As soon as we can, the three of us, right? Here, yes. so I think the three of us, what the three of us need to do, right, is we need yeah. to pick what is the number one food you eat when you are watching a game, any game. Yeah. And it's so, Sweden, so, right? Here, so here's we need the thing to do that we... the true Chicago sports fan wing review. So here's the thing I'm is down. that we, I'm down. We, we can absolutely do that. We So b before we completely let you go, let me ask you a question, though, because because uh, you're Puerto Rican. OK, <laughs> so we, we've been doing this whole thing. So we do this thing called stirring the pot every week. And basically what it is, it's an either or question about food. We've done the whole thing about like uh, ketchup or no. We did. So because we're in the Christmas season, we were talking about uh, eggnog. Yes or no. We both said no because it's terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the thing that we've been talking about for the past two weeks already is pasteles versus tamales and last week we had a, a taste test of some uh food that uh that big z brought in yeah and the first week before we had our taste test we both said tamales last week we did it again and we had gabe from b96 we posed him that question and he said pasteles, pasteles of right. course because yeah. he was like no this is and even our producer like he went so hard, so he went in so hard on us when we both said tamales he was like i'm not even doing the show this and that so now <laughs> he wanted to quit the show <laughs> now that now that we have another puerto rican cat on the show i'm gonna pose it to you there you go stirring the pot pasteles or tamales Wow. So I'm going to go with pasteles. I knew it. I knew it. The yuca. Hold up. I'm going to hook okay, you Okay, the yuca. The yuca. Pasteles de yuca con pollo is my new thing. Wow. Okay. I need, we need to have some of those. No, no. I think we need to do another taste I'm test. Gonna, another I'm, taste test. Listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have them sent to you guys, and you guys right. can enjoy them over the next week, and, and, and then yes. you guys can figure out. But that's my new Beautiful. thing. Pasteles. Um, okay. Let me let me let me leave you with this. Uh, uh, pasteles is this is something that's interesting, right? 
Pasteles in Puerto Rico. I'll send you the article in case anybody wants to challenge this. Pasteles okay. in Puerto Rico were the were the food of the la gente del campo, the people from the from the mm-hmm. from the from the from the, the country. Mm-hmm. The people yeah, the, 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 and so what happens with pasteles is it's like it was looked upon by other Puerto Ricans, the elite, whoever that was, the elite Puerto Ricans, as, <laughs> oh, that's the food for those people. For the right? poor, right. Uh, and these people that were rich, allegedly, people with money, they decided they're going to put raisins in the pasteles. Ew. What the heck? So, are, are you sure? Wait, raisins? Raisins? Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, they, they, I, I, they put I'm raisins in the, the pasteles and the potato okay. salad. What's going on here? And supposedly, <laughs> it the only place raisins belong are in Budin. That's it. <laughs> That's exactly right. Not in no damn pasteles. You're Sorry, right. Charlie. I agree with you 100%. But, a pe- but a supposedly, it raised their um, status. Their status to be, yeah. you know, superior. So, you know what I mean? And, and, Mm-hmm. And why I tell you this is this because somebody had made a reference and they said, "Ese es un puertorriqueño de pasas," mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that means. Not to me, but to to a to a reporter on on on, on TV. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what pastel de a puertorriqueño de pasas mean. Yeah, put raisins in his pasteles because he thinks he's above the other Puerto Ricans. Oh, wow. I'm putting that nugget in my vocabulary. Oh, yeah, yeah that's crazy. That's I'm going to send you the article, man. Guys, Yes, love please you. do. Please do. All right, thank you. This is Mikey O joining a True Chicago Sports Fans podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Absolutely thank you. appreciate you, Mikey. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, y'all. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, remember to give us a, a review on, and five stars on your listening app of choice. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Stay tuned as we continue bringing you bring you more content as we go live on our Facebook after every Bears game. We love to interact with our fans, so feel free to drop us a line. A big thank you uh, to our sponsors, Noir Caesar, Villain Radio Studios, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to check out gritclothingco.com and use our promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off your entire order. Shout out to Ronesh and shout out to our super producer, Jay Soto. Super start producer. A- <laughs> super, super, super producer. Want to start a podcast or have your show sound as clean as ours? You can find everything you need at jsotomedia.com. Don't forget to check us out on social media. You can find us at True Shine Fans on Twitter, where we are currently running our ultimate sitcom tournament. Go ahead and go over there and, and vote for your favorite uh, sitcom over the past, what, we got about seven years with the sitcoms? Jesus. There's so many, but you go ahead and, and check it out and uh, follow us every week and you will soon, soon see our champion crowned. Uh, don't forget to check out uh, our page on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, and reach out to us on our email. We want to hear from you. Reach us at truechicagosportsfans at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out the All Net Podcast with Mike Logic and Ideal. Brand new episodes out every other Monday coinciding with the NBA season. I know they're excited about some Bulls basketball. All right, y'all. For Big Z, this is E-Rock. We'll see you next week for episode 25. Until then, be good to each other. For love of sports. Yeah. Super producer. Merry Christmas, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all the hoes. (laughs) A few moments later. You have a lot of incest. That's real. Shut your mouth. Lover boy. Nature versus nurture, Lodge. Nature always wins. I think he's on steroids. Hasta luego, amigos.
Show's over, show's over, show's over.